Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Legally Speaking podcast miniseries powered by Kisun Car. My name is Harry, head ambassador for Kisun Car and host for today's episode. Today, I'm delighted to be joined by our guest feature, future trainee solicitor Baker McKenzie, Amber Parslow. Hi, Amber. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Hi, Harry. Thank you very much for having me today. It's great to be part of the series. No worries at all. Amber studied her LLB at Cardiff University and has worked as a data protection paralegal at Baker McKenzie over the last two years. She was offered a training contract at Baker's in May 2020, which she is due to commence in 2022. Amber is an active member of the Baker Opportunity Social Mobility Focus Group and previously coordinated two Baker McKenzie Social Mobility Week campaigns. She received the People Award for Diversity and Inclusion in 2018. Amber is also the co-vice chair for the London Young Lawyers Group, which is a legal network that partners with organisations to provide monthly events for junior legal professionals, ranging from paralegal level up to seven years BQE. Amber, did you want to start by giving our audience a brief introduction about yourself and a little bit more information about where you're currently at in your legal journey? So um, I graduated from Cardiff University in 2017, and I've been a paralegal since early 2018. As you mentioned, I'm a data protection paralegal sitting in the risk and compliance team at Baker McKenzie. So this essentially means I'm an in-house paralegal and so Baker's is essentially my client rather than working in one of their practice areas. I predominantly specialise in advising on data privacy, but also assist the wider team with tasks such as anti-money laundering and contract reviews. In terms of my journey to securing a training contract, I actually applied to law firms for five application cycles. So since my second year at university, way back in 2015. And then, yeah, as you mentioned, I finally secured my training contract this year following Baker's Virtual Assessment Centre. Congratulations on that. It's really great to hear. What would you say you did differently in the last application cycle, which helped you secure your training contract at Baker's? Um, so I think I finally kind of understood what I needed to do to, you know, jump through the hoops of the application process. So that was through the help of an organisation called Strive Consultant. They helped me to, you know, really understand how to tailor my applications specifically to the firm by discussing deals um, and firm strategies. They actually kindly awarded me with um, the ones to watch of 2019 awards. And I think this really boosted my um, confidence going into my last application cycle. I think this kind of goes on to my second point about, and it may sound quite cliche, but I just started to believe in myself. I was terrible with self-doubt and, you know, feeling lucky to have fallen into my job at Baker's rather than, you know, recognising that I'd actually worked hard to achieve it. So, of course, this, you know, doesn't just come overnight. I've been working on my confidence by, you know, attending many different events as possible to strengthen my knowledge of the industry. But I've also volunteered in what I call sort of safe spaces. So just to essentially get comfortable with being uncomfortable. I think it's just really prepares you to, you know, realise what's the worst that can happen and you've got nothing to lose, so you may as well go for it. Absolutely. And having had the experience of working as a paralegal over the last couple of years, did you find this helped when applying for training contracts? I think personally, it definitely helped me to develop my confidence. But also, because I sit in the risk compliance team, I observe how a law firm operates as a business. I think that gave me quite unique exposure at the junior level. And this really helped me to kind of articulate in my application that I knew how the firm functioned and its strategies. I also leveraged my experience, I think, working in a law firm by organising coffees with trainees, graduate recruitment and partners. And 
Then I also got involved in the firm's diversity initiatives. And um, so by doing all of this, I was raising my profile and demonstrating my values aligned really closely with the firms. Having said that, I don't think every student listening to this should, you know, panic and go after a paralegal role. My experience personally is very law focused, but applications which were more successful actually focused on, you know, demonstrating other skill sets and interests outside of law. So I think, you know, law firms really understand diversity of thought is, you know, beneficial for their business, particularly in commercial law. So, you know, they don't just want legal advisors, they, you know, want innovators and industry experts and business people. So I think paralegal experience is good, but if you don't have it, it's not the end of the world. Of course. And what barriers did you face when entering the legal market for the very first time? Um, I think the initial barrier was not knowing anyone in the industry and being quite naive to the legal journey. I personally just didn't know who to reach out to for support and felt I was often playing catch up in terms of understanding the training contract process compared to some of my peers. My parents have been always been so, so supportive, you know, in every possible way they can, but lesson the legal profession is a bit alien to them. Um, and I always have to explain the journey I'm on and kind of what each stage means. I think some people may take this for granted as it really does build into your confidence. And personally, I, I definitely allowed imposter syndrome to kind of, you know, take over me. Um, you know, I didn't feel like I belonged and nobody at assessment centres that I attended were like me and Everyone else spoke much more eloquently than me. I think someone actually once said to me, you know, you're, you're too bubbly and you're not going to make it as a lawyer. And so I think these kind of small experiences started adding up and I just didn't feel I had anyone to aspire to. But I just knew this is what I wanted to do. So even with kind of self-doubt sometimes weighing me down, I just kind of carried on pursuing it. And fortunately, I had a really great support network um, through the London Young Lawyers Group. And I think it's great now to see so many resources out there online for students. Absolutely. And you're heavily involved with the London Young Lawyers Group, as you mentioned. Could you tell us a little bit more about the work you do with them and what led you to get involved? Yeah, of course. Um, so um, as you mentioned at the beginning, the um, OIG is a network which connects students solicitors. And we organise monthly events ranging from seminars to networking and socials. And I originally was a member, so I kind of got involved to meet more people in London and build my own network. In early 2019, I was invited to join the committee by our current chair, Oliver Haddock. I think this is after showing kind of my interest by attending lots of events and promoting their offering online. Once on the committee, I think I was first responsible for coordinating events. So one of these included a panel discussion in my previous firm at the Gherkin, which was pretty cool. And we explored legal technology and its impact on junior lawyers. At the end of 2019, I think it was, um, I was then appointed co-vice chair. So now my responsibility involves leading on, you know, monthly projects. Um, I help run the mentor scheme and I regularly liaise with our partner organisations just to discuss how we can collaborate and bring more useful content and events to junior lawyers. I do always joke that if I wasn't going to be a lawyer, I would have loved events management. So I think the OIG probably allows me to have the best of both worlds. You know, and I've struggled in various ways myself in the early stages of my career. So I'm quite passionate about causing others and, you know, building the network. So if you haven't already, definitely check out OIG on, on social media platforms. Hopefully we can do an in-person event soon. Absolutely. Great stuff. Now, I wanted to conclude by asking you something I like to ask all of our guests. 
What changes do you think need to be made within the legal profession to make a career in law more accessible to everybody? I think this is a really good question to finish with, and it's such a big topic. With all my work in social visibility, I can actually discuss this for ages, but I'll try and keep it focused. I think although there's been developments, there's probably three key areas that I'd, I'd raise. Firstly, I think firms you know, need to be developing their traditional recruitment approaches just to make sure they're reaching out to a wider pool of candidates and recognising you know, that different skill sets really shine better through different assessments. Secondly, I think it's really important for candidates to see role models that they can aspire to and who are like them. And then finally, I think it's really important for inclusivity just to be embedded throughout law firms' cultures. I think this is actually more difficult than it sounds. It's, you know, the microaggressions that are sometimes difficult to recognise, but, you know, it can really have a huge impact on different individuals' experiences. So kind of getting all employees across the firm to, to understand that and work on it together. All brilliant points. I wanted to say a huge thank you to our guest feature, Amber. Thank you ever so much for coming on today, Amber. Thank you so much. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to listening to the rest of the series. Great. It's been a real pleasure having you on and it's great to hear your insights alongside many of the things you've learned throughout your legal journey. I wish you all the best in the future and good luck in starting your training contract in September 2022. Thank you all very much for tuning into today's episode. I hope you've enjoyed listening.